Hello, hello, my global friends. It's Isabella Lamacure, and I want to welcome you to the Legacy Leaders Podcast. I have a very special guest today, um, Mr. Adventure, Mr. Daniel Fox, and somebody that is claiming to be APE Square, artist, <laughs> author, photographer, philosopher, explorer, and entrepreneur. I love this. Also, he is a Lexus ambassador. Sandex Extreme Team member. I'm curious to find out what that means and what you need to do to be one. And also, Manifrotto Ambassador. Okay, I chopped that one probably badly, but I am also very intrigued. It sounds like a dessert, honestly, Daniel. So please, please welcome. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So do you mind sharing a little bit about these APE squares and a uh, little bit of these um, teasers that you really got to me intrigued from Lexus ambassador to Sandex Extreme team member to Manfrotto ambassador? I am absolutely curious. Yes. Um, well, it's always been, I've always kind of had this uh, struggle of identifying, like, um, putting myself into a box. Um, I've been through phases in my life where I felt like I was more of an artist and then I would, I would be more of an entrepreneur. Um, I do photography, but I, but I don't just consider myself a photographer. And every time that I had friends who wanted to introduce me uh, to clients or to other people, they would always have um, difficulties exactly pointing the finger at what I do. And one day, while being in the car with my wife, we're talking about how how could we alleviate the the, the this issue? And I was telling her of all the, the hats, the different hats that I that I wear. And as she was able to connect the dots, uh, APE, and I even pushed that further, and I said, "Yes, that's exactly what I am. I'm a, I'm an ape, figuratively and literally." I, Literally, I belong to the, you know, to the the lineage of of the great apes, and uh, figuratively, I'm I'm an artist, author, I'm a photographer, philosopher, and an entrepreneur, and an explorer, and it, and it kind of really kind of put well together all the different hats that I wear, and and connects me to something that is also bigger than me. That is beautiful and, and very well said. And thank you for sharing because uh, we have a hard time, as you, as you mentioned, you like to label, we like to box, and it's almost impossible that you can be good in multiple things and more than one thing. And it's like it's it's almost like, oh, my God, you, you can be all of this. But in reality, people that are extremely talented and, and, and able and capable, uh, why not? Why not sharing all that multifacets that actually you have and you exude? So yes, I am absolutely curious, honestly, how somebody becomes to be ambassador for some major brands and 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 what that is all about. Please tell me how you get to be extreme a member. I mean, wait a second, what are we talking about here? <laughs> well, the the extreme senders have you know they have their own um, ambassadorship program, and obviously they. One of their ways to push their brand has been to to show to the world that their product can sustain extreme conditions. So their team is is named the extreme team, uh, 
um, and being a photographer and being a solo wilderness explorer, uh, I kind of, what I do and the way that I do it resonated with the kind of um, artistry or kind of, of public figure that they wanted to associate with. And, you know, the, the being, I mean, overall, I consider myself an artist and being an artist, uh, you have to figure out, you have to hustle your way with, with what you have and what you can and reaching out to either companies or patrons that give you the flexibility and the freedom to carry on with your art. And my background is in marketing. I went to business school. I mean, the, the interesting thing is when I was a, was I was, I was a teenager in high school and college. I was definitely more the entrepreneur. My brother was the artist and I was the entrepreneur. And at one point we flipped, I became more the artist. Um, but I do understand the value of storytelling for companies. And I do understand also my, the, the necessity that these companies have in my, in, in my creativity and in, and in my future. So I've always, I've always tried to um, to make a to have a balance uh, with the companies that I associate myself with, and trying to find brands that also enhance the message and the values that I try to promote. For me, it's extremely important to find companies that complement and enhance the work that I do, rather than just finding someone who can either pay the bills or supply you with the gear that you need to you know to carry on your work that is amazing that is very very intriguing because i love what you also mentioned how it's important to associate yourself with the brand that you trust the brand you believe in the brand that walk the talk right and association is yeah. so important but i also love that being part of the extreme team you get to test all the gadgets i mean all the cool <laughs> stuff and see the things firsthand and tell us what works and what doesn't but also your life sometimes depends on them, right? It's like, they better work because it's a could be very quickly dire situation, right? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, there's, if you look at any artist or, I mean, it's not just artists and, and patrons, but it's, we all have a role to play and my work couldn't exist without the support of others. And what I bring, um, you know, I have a value to these companies and to these brands or, um, but it's, it's in, in the end, it's all, it takes a village to, you know, to raise a child, but it's, it's all teamwork. It's, it's the work of a team putting together and going into a direction that, uh, we all believe in. And we, you know, there's beyond the products, their values and their messages that we want to move forward. And, um, and we're all playing our part in, in, in this. And, you know, Lexus, Lexus, I think it was one of, one of the things that they saw in me is that the image that I represented, this idea of, a, of a, not only a, a, a nature person, someone who goes out and do solo wilderness expedition and, and takes photograph and write stories that are inspiring, but also has a capacity to come back into the urban world, into the city, and continue that lifestyle. Uh, so for for them, they really saw you know this other value of this balanced lifestyle. Wow, that is so powerful. 
But honestly, Daniel, when I listen and, and, and when I hear all of this, it's like, how did you got here? <laughs> Where did you start? It's like, how did you arrive to this? Because I feel like now you get to play with all the cool kids and try to test drive and, and, and test all the cool stuff. And I was like, I, how do you get to be you? <laughs> I'm, well, sure, I, I, I'm sure so many people ask that. And of course, having this amazing creative mind and, and, and being the artist, photographer, explorer, seems like it's in your blood. But seems like you're also having that strong business savviness and be able to articulate uh, through your journey and journaling everything so well. Do you mind sharing uh, what inspired you and, and how was your journey, personal journey, to arrive to where you are today? My journey was was quite complicated. I mean, if you uh, if you look at the, if it certainly wasn't a straight line, more like a, a fly trying to to find its way in the in the maze. Um, but it, it's part of the. The journey of discovery you know we all start with with a, a baggage of things that have been given to us or and directions that've been um that've been given to us also and then at one point we have to assess if we want to continue that way and and if the answer is no then we have to forge ourselves a, a new path and you know there's nothing there's nothing um, easy about that new path because you you know because you're entering a land of unknown and uncertainty. But there's I think that this is one thing that entrepreneurs and artists have is that you have this kind of inner calling, inner motivation that just propels you forward, um, seeking for for connection to work into life. Um, and you know it's it's. Sometimes, sometimes the, the 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 energies or the motivations that that uh, make you move forward also because you're unsatisfied with what you have, you know, behind you. And for me, you know, I started in in as an entrepreneur. I went to marketing. I was more on the business side. Um, I ended up being in New York City, living there for seven years, you know, trying to do it in the corporate world. And there was a there was a, a, a side of me that could always get what I wanted. You know, every time that I set my mind to some, to something, I would get the job, I would get the the position, I would get where I want to be. But I, it never motivated me. It never made me stay there. And um, I was not motivated by status or I was not motivated by, by wealth. I needed to find some, some depth in what I was doing, some kind of connection. And I just, after seven years in New York city, I found myself in a position where I was really unfulfilled and I kind of reassessed how I want to move forward. And this is when I decided to go back to my roots and, and um, find a certain joy. And I so I sold everything, the little thing that I had in New York, and basically took a, the world map and took put my finger on New York City and went as far south as I could go, and I ended up actually going in to Argentina for seven uh, for uh, six months. Sorry, and this is when I I really reconnected with my path, with my passion, um, with my calling, and I started what was then called the wild image project now it's called more the feel of the wild um, but it was 
it was my calling where I realized that I was able to capture a perspective of nature uh, that was different and and realizing that nature was just not a destination but more of a framework for personal transformation and how could I use nature to help the human journey and this is what I've been doing ever since. Wow, that is so powerful. And I love what you just said on the end, the nature is powerful transformation uh, aspects on personal journey. And I can't agree more. And, and it has such a healing powers and has such a great understanding who we are at any given point as a human being, right? So really can kind of challenge us, test us, but at the same time reward us exponentially. It's a great platform to um, be and embrace um, who we are and, and, and with all the flaws and all the challenges that we're going through, uh, but as well, great springboard for the growth. So It is. I mean, once you, once you start to look at nature, not as this separate entity, but really at this, this big umbrella that is above us, and you start to understand the dynamics and the forces, the energy that you have outside, you know, out in the natural world, which is also present in, in, in the humankind, you know, tension, disruption, creation, destruction, all these forces come together to create the recipe of life. And I think that in our evolution at some point, we've created a disconnect from life, you know, from these forces. And we've created a, a narrative that was really static and, um, quite impossible to achieve and in that process we created a lot of anxiety and guilt and it's been really hard for us to connect the dots because they're kind of not connectable and when we start to reintroduce nature and the realities of nature making us part of it not separated from it but part of it then we 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 start to understand that that flow of energy, these dynamics, and rather than trying to push them away, it's more about trying to navigate with them and moving with them. Wow, so beautiful, so powerful. So uh, now you are obviously, uh, through those adventures, and it seems like that's been a lifelong journey, uh, had some really amazing, amazing experiences. Do you mind sharing some of the stories, some of the things that really uh, stood up or were the pivotal for you on personal and professional level uh, that occurred uh, before this crazy pandemic and everything kind of stays, it's a standstill right now? Yeah, the so for me, the my my expeditions have always been I mean, i see wilderness i see nature as my studio that's where i go to create it's one of the reasons why you know i when i do those expeditions i don't bring anyone with me because it's like a, a painter in their studio you need that solitude to be able to connect to something that is bigger than you and when I go out on my expeditions, the two tools that I use that I have in my toolbox to create the content that I create, one is solitude, you know, the, having no one to connect to, you're, you're pushed and forced to connect to something that is outside of you. 
And then the other thing is vulnerability by putting yourself in the place where you're not the big dog, you're more attuned to what is around you. You, you show up more as a student rather than the teacher. Mm. And every expedition has always led to a kind of a aha moment, this, this epiphany where suddenly there's this message that's given to me and then it's like the light switch has been suddenly turned on and then this big moment of realization just shows up and when that happens i i mean i really don't want to stay there anymore i feel like i just want to go back you know to to the my urban life and start crafting the story and sharing the the message because in in I, I don't, all, everything that I do, all my expeditions mean absolutely nothing if it was not for the capacity to share the insights that I get from them to the public. I, I don't, for me, it's not, it's not really just going to have fun. It's going because I see something in a different way and I have the capacity to, to bring it to people who don't have the luxury or will not do what I do. Um, but I can still share the insights and the teachings that I've, that are, that have been given to me. So every, every trip has always led to a moment like that. And my book, feel the wild is basically a collection of these, of these stories of these aha moments. And, and really, I think one of the one of the my most precious assets of all these these expeditions is the people that I come uh, to to know and to because it's it's it would be arrogant you know whether I go to Alaska or I go to Baja California I go to Argentina Utah all the places that have been British Columbia like it would be extremely arrogant of me to think that I can go and capture these locations just by being a visitor, not really by, you know, I've, I've never been really, I don't live to these places. How can I know these places? So what happens is I actually, I get to first, the first groundwork that I do is connect with local people. I get to, I get to develop relationships with them first. Um, so I, you know, I develop these, these connections and then, and it's through them after that I get to learn and discover these places. Because, you know, you become friends and then they're going to tell you, oh, you got to go over there or you got to go and do that. And because they're the ones who really know the place. Um, and, and you start to realize that, you know, yes, I love being in the mountains. I love being on the ocean. I love, you know, to see the wild animals. But in the end, I'm a human person and I connect with my human species. And those are the really the connections that I'm looking for. The rest is all background and, and just, you know, it's, it's the, it's the photo behind, um, but the treasures that I leave with or the, the, the relationships that I've developed along the way. Wow. So every, <laughs> every journey and every exploration builds kind of itself on, but also it prepares yeah. you for a new unexpected adventure a new challenge 
and and there are also new growth opportunities. So it seems like it's just that as is as as the life, right? Uh, we we never know what the new chapter brings, but then we try to do the best we can, and sometimes we feel like we're more prepared for it, and sometimes not. But the key is again that attitude and aptitude that you have, how you're dealing with those changes, right? Yes, absolutely. It, it has become also part of my creative processes. I purposely leave a lot of unknown. I set the the, the cards. I set the the pieces of the puzzle on the table, but then after that, I kind of I I purposely not. Um, I don't find all the answers, so that it there's there's room for the unexpected for the discoveries and that's that's for me that's one of the things about the beauty of life is that you need to understand that there's a value in the discovery and there's you know there's there's a fine balance between risk and discovery and and we have what the capacity that we have is to um find the treasures in the places that are hidden and we have to trust ourselves for that we have to trust ourselves that even in the uncertainty we will figure it out if we trust ourselves there's always there's always going to be a place for growth and a place for discovery but for that we have to welcome uh, the uncertainty and this is one of the things that for me i have incorporated into my workflow is that I create that uncertainty for a you know for a specific purpose, and in this current situation, I think this is one of the things that our culture has become disconnected with is because for so long we've been trying to sanitize and really control our environment so that there's no uncertainty that we have all the the information available that and when that low model has been put in question then we start to freak out and then and then you know then we we panic because we're outside of our conference zone when in reality these moments of transformation have tremendous power of of growth and learning uh, and you know the life is a messy process you know the it's it's not it's not this clean linear line of evolution it's a it's a series of mistakes and and um Trials and places and and, and <laughs> exactly and and but but that is nature you know nature exactly. it's it's like nature allowing right and putting yourself it, out there absolutely and you know nature is not i think we have this naive belief that nature is this perfect little place in harmony where all the animals walk hand in hands and you know and sing kumbaya when in reality nature is a really messy place and it's the, the ultimate reality of nature is that it's it, it's a system that works because everything is connected and and you know there's symbiosis and connectedness everywhere but everybody's trying to do their own thing out there and mm -hmm. you know there's 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 nothing such as bad or good in nature things are a volcano that, that erupts tomorrow and blankets the the entire earth is it good is it bad well it depends where you send in that equation you know for some it's going to be good for others it's going to be awful um but 
evolution by its definition has a lot of destruction involved it's it's that's how that's how it it the life force moves forward you know you need and and this is what the human does this is one of the reasons why the human species has been a, a successful species you know we yes we do break things but we figure them out after um we learn and we you know we we collectively share the information and then we move forward and this is a thing the narrative that we have to reconnect ourselves with is that the human species it's it's we learn from our from the consequences of our actions and now we've we've reached the end point of our relationship with the planet and where we have to reassess how to move forward but you know letting go of an old relationship that has created a lot of pros in some ways it's never hard it, it's 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 never easy you know people change is not something that people want change is always something Absolutely. that is forced imposed on you um, and and then after that you have to move forward but you know once you've created this kind of stable comfortable situation everybody will fight to keep that such a great perspective because um you you're spot on you know we resist we don't do it till we have to till it's really severe pain point that's really only when the change is happening for 90 percent of people very few there are that are proactive and wanted to embark it because they're ready they're willing they you know they're lifelong learners that are putting themselves out there to extreme because they know that's also the way to move forward or whatever because different yeah. circumstances and it seems like you've been playing in both sides of the coin and have a really great perspective so um i also love what you just mentioned in terms of how is the nature showing that is not everything perfect that is messy that all the seasons and all the seasons that bring there are different from the rain from the storms from volcanoes to whatnot uh but we but that is the part of the life and um tendency for humans to create quote unquote the perfect life or artificial life that truly cannot really exist or or, or just uh not allow what what is truly component of the life with ourselves first and then everything around us right and an environment we're part of so just absolutely absolutely i mean life life is not meant to be perfect life is not meant to be fair it's meant to be experienced and the unfairness and the suffering and is is there for a reason it has a value not that you want to encourage and and provoke it but you have to understand its necessity and its and its value in the equation because otherwise we would be absolutely arrogant we would drown in our own arrogance if the world you know imagine a world of perfection first of all there's no room for evolution <laughs> why would you why would you evolve if you suddenly you're found a, a perfect place and if it's if it's fair, then you understand that there's an equation, and then it would be whoever is able to rig the equation. So it's all it's always this uncertainty and this capacity and the reality of suffering who brings us a certain sense of of humility and also reminds us of the importance of our human relationship. Because it's it's not when people are happy that they always really come together and transcends our differences economic uh, differences it's really when we suffer that suddenly all 
these different classes um, come together. I mean, I have, I have the, the, I lived in Europe for a little bit, and I have this theory of Very why in Europe. If you don't mind asking. What? Where did you live in Europe, if you don't mind asking? Uh, I was in Paris a little bit, and then I was in Munich in Germany. I oh. loved Munich, and then I spent some time in Barcelona. I was in Barcelona during 9-11 uh, when uh, I, my flat was in New York, but I was in, I was in, in Barcelona at that time. Wow. But, um, and I remember the first, uh, first time that I, that I thought of moving to Europe because um, there was a quality of life and there were different values. But I was in my early 30s. And I remember I was working in, in Europe and I would get so annoyed during Sunday because <laughs> everything would be closed. Exactly. And I was like, I'm, work I'm working all week. And then suddenly I found myself on Sundays and everything is closed. <laughs> and it's like, what, what is this place? <laughs> and I, I particularly remember one day walking into a pharmacy and in Europe, you know, um, it's not like over-the-counter pharmacy like in the States. And you had the pharmacist behind the counter and I, would, I just wanted some Tylenol. I had a, a headache and the, the pharmacist was like, tell me, what kind of headache do you have? And tell me about your life. And I was like, dude, I'm so not in the mood to talk to you. Just give me some goddamn Tylenol. And... <laughs> like I, I just didn't. I was in my own little bubble, and I didn't want this, 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 uh, this interaction. interaction. Yeah. And but that was in my early thirties, and then in my late thirties, um, I lived in Munich, and I was at a different time in my life, and I really appreciated that those two realities. I love the fact that Sundays it's closed, and you know it forces you to reconnect with things that are important, so family and friends. And then the other thing is that, yes, you go and talk to the butcher, to the baker, to the pharmacist, to the people that are that are that are there and making your life possible. Possible. And in the end, it's about the human relationship. So now I really value uh, these and these and these realities. But the the thing that that in Europe, you know, the theory that I that I have is why is it that in in Europe food and meals are important and why is it that work is not at the center of your life is because europe has a history of suffering there's not one inch or a centimeter of of europe that hasn't been conquered and destroyed over several generations over and over again and when you have this recurrence of suffering over several generations it forces you to reassess what is important and if you have bread and if you have community, then you have hope. And then you develop your rituals to protect that. So they understand that, you know, I mean, I, I lived in, in Germany and there's not one family that hasn't a history of fortune that's been lost or taken over. Things you take for granted that suddenly disappeared. And when what is taken for granted goes away, you you know you have to ask yourself the big questions and this is what we're going through right now collectively you know even north america we're really coming to face with like the arrogance that we had about how the world can be or will be now is being put in question and, and forcing us to reassess how we want to move forward 
That is a really great perspective. And obviously, I, uh, as you, you already know, being European transplant in the United States, I remember also as my own struggle adopting an American environment, you know, and being now for a little bit over 20 years, some of the changes that I have to accept, but also coming out of the former Yugoslavia under really horrible circumstances. And as you just mentioned, when you lose the family identity and identity, when you also go with the force change, uh, you know, you have a choice. And I remember even though I was very young, I was like, I can go with this or I can go against with that. And I yeah. knew why should I or can do go go harder uh, when already it's extremely hard. And right now that really does resonate with a lot of people because a lot of them ask questions and ask Isabella, what should we do and whatnot? Because, um, I also think, you know, just again, if we're not having that sense of self-awareness and emotional capacity to deal with the magnitude of change and not preparing for a marathon and we are constantly sprinting and exhausting ourselves, we're going to be circling over and over and then going in overdrive. And as a result, we see a lot of misbehavior, people acting out. Uh, on, and doing extreme stuff that are outside of their character. But then you also see other side where we truly see this amazing human connection and, and, and genuine spirits that want to help and, and, and really give you that um, great sense of humanity, right? Um, it is, yeah. But one thing I want to ask you, obviously, right before all this happened, I'm sure you had a calendar planned and packed with crazy adventures. Where was the, your last adventure and, and where were you going to be going? Tell us, tell us, tell us. Well, I've, um, I have this commission work for university that um, I'm producing this giant image of a old growth forest. Uh, the image is going to be about 100 foot high um by 100 foot wide it's for a new campus here in, in vancouver so i was working on that um, i had done some scouting on vancouver island and and a place called port renfrew that has these majestic ancient trees that are thousands of years old and they're super big they're like a monument by themselves so i was supposed to um the, go there uh again uh, i think in a couple days and then because uh, i have to scout for several places so vancouver island is one place and then there's this uh, place up on the coast of british columbia called hadagwai uh, which is this uh, super powerful archipelago of islands um, I love uh, like it's super amazing so I'm, i was supposed to go there uh, we'll see Ooh. we'll see how it goes i was supposed to um so part of the, the the artwork, the installation, the old growth installation that I'm doing, besides the the, the big image that's going to be like four stories tall, um, I'm also doing sound recording. Uh, so we're going to be recording uh, at four different heights in the forest, so that every floor wow. has its own sound experience yeah so we we're supposed to do some tests with my sound engineer and then obviously this has been postponed um and then there was some uh right now like i'm, I'm focusing a lot of my time on canada so northern bc uh the northwestern focusing on and be stuck <laughs> <It's so gorgeous. laughs> i know and, and you I guys know. 
too much craziness going on that we're experiencing in the United States. So you, you're lucky. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, you know, it's absolutely. I mean, and this is one of the things is that like right now, I'm extremely fortunate and privileged. I, you know, I totally recognize that. I'm, I'm privileged in the way that this, this world of unknown and uncertainty and anxiety are, those are the waters that I swim in. Like it's it's for me it's nothing really different. So I have a capacity to cross by the choice, right? And then yeah. a lot of people are now in those waters because they're forced to, and you can be that great anchor now to help them navigate and tread the waters and deal with ambiguity and unknown. Yeah, it's um, it, and it's funny because I wrote about that. It's the the. The interesting struggle that I've faced on my end is that um, before it's always up to now, there was a clear distinction between my world of expedition and the the city world or my urban world. Uh, one was safer um, and you know they had a certain protocol and when I go out into my expeditions it's riskier but the freedom is is greater and i can do what i want but now it's as if the entire world has been thrown into a wilderness expedition that it didn't ask for and they're not prepared for um and they're having they're having a really hard time negotiating this anxiety the, the uncertainty and the risk and and the thing that happens with risk and dangers is that there's a there's a huge difference between risk and fears, dangers and fears. Dangers are real. You know, there's it's something that you can analyze, you can quantify, you can you can visualize, you can look at, and you can find solutions. Fear is our interpretation of those dangers. And those interpretations are rooted in our own perception of what is dangerous and what is not dangerous. Uh, what is our comfort zone? What is what? What are the things that trigger you know the uh, these reactions that are gut feeling rather than rational? Uh, and and all these relationships are you know these are different. I mean, I remember one time I was in Argentina, and I was hanging out with those gauchos, you know, the equivalent of the cowboys in in North America, <laughs> and we we were on the, these flooded plains. And um, there were snakes and navigators everywhere, and the group and myself, like we're all super kind of afraid and and freaking out. And the gauchos were just like, "Oh, this is this is our comfort zone. This is all fine." And in fact, they were telling us that we were the crazy ones because we lived in cities where cars are zooming by, and accidents are like happening left and right. And and it, it's for them, it was inconceivable to think that this was a safe environment. And wow. and and one of the things that is happening right now is that this pandemic is the first pandemic to happen in a world of social media where every single person has a microphone and every single horror story has been broadcasted to the world and every single like anxiety has been or opinion or perspective or our opinion and everything I mean, imagine if imagine you're on the boat and you're crossing the drake passage you know on your way to antarctica 
where it's going to be beautiful and you're in a storm, you're on this cruise ship that you've never been, but you have a captain. Mm. Captain is all aware, like, and then every single passenger, most of the passengers are all seasick. They're in their cabin. They're thinking it's the end of the world, but the, everybody is like broadcasting to the PA, like how horrible it is, how they're, Yes. They have their face in the, in the toilet, and this, you know, they don't they, they don't see the end of it, and they don't want to hear. Also, the captain telling them, "Like, listen, you know, I know it sucks, but we're gonna get there." They, you know, there's a mutiny that happens because because they 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 don't believe it, and this is kind of what is what has happened to our society right now. For the pros and cons. The social media brings and brings uh, brings along with it is that now our leaders not only we had no faith and and trust in our leaders but now our leaders have become also prisoner of of the public opinion where now it's more about managing fear uh, and every single theories and conspiracies and opinions and i mean you have you know, three, the last time that we had a pandemic was in 2009 and there was 350 million people on Facebook and now there's 3.5 billion people um, with millions and millions of updates every single day. Um, so it's a, it's a total different world. It's such a great perspective uh, on that. Uh, and thank you for contrasting the nature and, 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 and city as well as social media impact. Uh, obviously, as you said, could possibly affect and also tremendously negatively. I never imagined in my life that I will see Clorox uh, having a messaging out saying, please <laughs> not drink it. It's dangerous to drink. So I know. It just it's, seems can you, can you imagine? Crazy, right? But, but can you imagine like tragedies of the past, you know, the, the Second World War or the, the Spanish flu or, you know, any other huge tragedies of the past, how different they would have been experienced had social media existed. Um, so, and it's, it, yeah, and, I, you know, and I know that moving forward, like, I do volunteering and I put myself out there. Um, and I know that moving forward, there's going to be a lot of emphasis and a lot of stories. And obviously, there are people that have that have passed away and that become victim of 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 this tragedy. But if we're only going to be hearing, you know, the two million stories of people who have suffered, uh, and we don't also hear the 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 millions of other stories of compassion and the amazing things that I've that I've happened, then we're just gonna be left with this, you know, this sense of gloom and doom about about the humankind. When again, like there's so much amazing things that is happening even in those uh, tragic moments. You're right, and one of the things that I see uh, over the years, specifically in the last decade, uh, that how much we are indoctrinated uh, to focus so much on negative news. And right now, yeah. so many are just striving on that because we're already programmed and we cannot unplug and we cannot anymore kind of reconnect with our higher self, with ourselves, or let alone with the nature, step away, even to the park or, or, or just to sit on the sun. So it is very, very interesting shift. And I really hope, uh, as you pointed out, you know, that 
we'll hear more positive narratives, narratives from your journeys and narratives that you are creating, not only in your book, but in everything you posting with the gorgeous photography and engagement. And I feel like that's the best way to leverage and use social media. And one of the reasons I really wanted to have you as a guest is exactly seeing, you know, not only power positivity, but also great learning and great uh, transformation aspect that is very personal, right, to each of us. So, uh, and we need more of that and we need to make better decisions and we need to think for ourselves more and 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 go on the news diet or figure out which news you're listening to and 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 really just have a more conversations like we're having right now so that hopefully uh these moments that are captured uh can also benefit others on their journeys yeah absolutely there's in um so in in my nonprofit world at eco i have this mentorship program and one of the themes in the mentorship is transformation. And I use two metaphors that we that we often talk about, but we we forget part of the stories. Like we talk about often the the butterfly, like our capacity to be our own butterfly and soar and you know spread our wings, but we forget how that butterfly gets to be. Like it starts as a caterpillar that crawls on the floor. And then when it's ready to, to, to transform, it seeks a place of solitude. It really like takes itself out of the equation and just find a place of protection, builds itself a cocoon. And within that cocoon, it will literally melt and become goo. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you know, and then it, and then it reshapes itself. Um, and then even when it's ready to come out, it still has to break out of that cocoon. And there's some scientists who've discovered that even when you try to help them come out of that envelope, if you cut that envelope, you're actually going to make them worse because they they don't learn to push their themselves out. You make them weaker. Uh, so every every struggle has a purpose so that they can you can become that butterfly. And if you take like the the butterfly, they stay about a month. You know, there's a, generally, you know, the they stay about a month in their cocoon, and they have a twelve month or year uh, life uh, lifespan. So if you if you made the ratio of being in the cocoon for the transformation, the humans would have to be in a cocoon for seven years. Seven years in a cocoon where you literally become goose so that you can come out and 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 soar and, and become something else. And then the other metaphor that I use a lot in, in my I teaching love is, that. is the snakes. Like the snakes, we often talk about how we have a capacity to reinvent itself. You know, the snake sheds its skin and we can shed our skin and we can, you know, we can move on. But how does the snake shed its skin? You know, when it's ready when when the, there's this beautiful full of color skin under that's ready to come out it's not by lounging in the grass or by taking a swim that it comes off the only way that it can strip away that old skin is by seeking the thorny bushes and the the edgy rocks it's really the hardships that can scrape that that old skin away like in life it's really the hardships of life that really brings our bright colors out um, so the, the bigger the transformation, the bigger the pain and the, the more difficult it is, but the bigger the, the potential for, for greatness. 
I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, on that note, obviously, <laughs> we, we have a lot of similarities there, and 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 you touched on what path from fear to greatness, and something that I also expanded in my book. But also, obviously, you through your arts, through your journey, through your workshops and work that you do. Uh, so obviously you you have a big why, and what is if you don't mind your big why, Daniel, and then what are you hoping to pass on to future generation? Uh, because I obviously I, I'm focusing always on the on the top leaders and legacy leaders are a top tier in my mind of the leaders that are not only based on how much money they acquire, which we do 99% people immediately think, uh, but the people that really contributed to society in such a powerful, meaningful way that echoes centuries and centuries after. So please share that. I think that the, the for me, the, the why or the calling that I have is that I've, I've been fortunate enough to see something in nature uh, that not everyone sees its power for transformation. It's I have this acronym where I write the power of nature and I've used every word, every letter of nature for nurture, uh, nurture, awaken, transcends, uh, uplift, restore, elevate the human spirit. And I, 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 the legacy that I want to leave behind is and everything. All the work that I try to do is trying to reframe our relationship with the natural world and reframe, re reshape the, the human narrative. Because we've created such mm -hmm. a negative wow. narrative about the human species. I mean, ooh, like we're constantly, I mean, you look at movies and you look at the media and you even look at the conservation movement. And all we do is bash the humankind. We're a bad species. We're a cancer on this planet. We're awful. Wow. Who wants to get up? Who wants to get up in the morning being told constantly that we're bad people? When in reality, we're all cut up trying to do the right thing. You know, we try to put food on the table. We try to send our kids to school. We try to do the right thing. It's or only do that the best that it, we can, or do the best we can with resources or mindset that we have at that time, right? Exactly. And it's only the hindsight gives us the capacity to say, well, was it good? No. Okay. But you know, some things work and it's, it's, it, I don't, I think it's, it's not productive to point the finger in the past and try to blame whoever, you know, to blame, uh, you know, our parents didn't do things because they were bad people. They did things with the in consideration of the things that they, they themselves lacked. And, you know, as they grew up and they tried to do the, the right thing. And then, at one point you realize, well, this might not be the right decision, but it's only because you did it. And I'm, I want to reframe the narrative of the humankind by using nature, by reconnecting ourselves to nature, by understanding that we have a role to play on this planet, that we have a role to honor, that we have a place in this system. Um, that we're not meant to live separated and disconnected from it. Um, that that we we have to take ownership, and then we have to find the beauty in it, and then we have to accept these dynamics, and then they all have a value that basically makes us grow and experience life, and gives us these moments of happiness and pain. And but it's there's a richness that I do. We really want to be living in a sanitized world that is extremely black and white and simple 
I'm not too sure that there's a beauty in that. You know, there, there might be this uh, naive belief that, that it's better, but at the same time, this is not where innovation comes from. This is not where creativity comes from. This is not where human relationships come from. Life, you know, life has this place and we have we have a place in it. That is so powerful and such amazing, amazing um vision obviously you live this already and you already are on, on such a great pathway for that and i love uh, your perspective uh because yes we see that a lot of changes are happening with the different movements around the globalization and different movements with uh um pollution and uh environment shifts and changes but also we never had that we know of this magnitude and numbers of people uh, and, 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 and obviously technology and everything has a pros and certain cons that go with that, but more consciousness and more knowing what role we play in it, right? And, and how we contribute individually is how we're going to actually impact and disseminate that on collective level. So Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's easy for people to blame the president, but then when you give them the, uh, all right, the opportunity to say, okay, so you want to go back a hundred years ago? They're like, no. Well, I mean, you cannot, you cannot have your chocolate cake and eat it too. Like if you're going to blame the president, <laughs> if you're going to blame the president, then you have to take everything that's in the present. You know, the, you have these innovations that come and then they have a cost and you have, conveniency and then they come and this is one of the things that's happening right now is that we're reassessing our values and priorities does it make sense to have your production you know spread all over the world in different places just for the just so that you can save a couple bucks is it more important to have you know to support your community first before you go and support you know at the expense of of of, um, of other things and you know, it's every time that you hear people like people don't want to pay, people don't want to have child labor, but people don't want to pay the the real price for their their phone or for their their fashion. Nobody wants drilling in the Arctic, but the second that the gas goes up, everybody's out in the street, you know, uh, screaming. It's easy to demand change. It's always hard to accept the package that it comes with. Mm. Um, Excellent and, perspective. That is so deep and very pointed. And and now we're you know we're having to we're being forced to to decide you know what is important. Um, and you know the, there's there's a cost for everything. For everything, there's always a package of pros and cons. And this is this is one of the things that that we have to reconnect ourselves with is that for everything whatever decision that we make whatever direction that we take there's always pros and cons nothing exists with a perfect solution you're always going to be given away some of the things you know there's always going to be uh, a package that you that you have to accept with and um and for for a quite a, a fair amount of time our focus has been on the innovation at any cost individual you know individual freedom um and it came after a time in life where it was more about the community and the um, north america and the united states was this land of promise where everybody could 
come and become themselves. But it also comes with a different reality um, and where the community starts to break down when people start to forget that they're part of, a, of something that is bigger. Um, and it's not about civic responsibility and civic ethics, but it's about whatever I want to do. Well, it's great. It's great for certain times, but it, there's also um, a moment where where it's not the best system, and we're starting to find that now. That is so true. That is so true. <laughs> More than ever, and as a result, obviously, we'll derive uh, different choices and decisions, hopefully, and 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 uh, we can see what will unfold in months to come. Daniel, it's yep. an absolute pleasure to have you. Great to hear your perspective, also as a philosopher. I also want to encourage people to go and check your Facebook and LinkedIn and have a chance to see your work as a photographer and as an artist, obviously, and your book as an author. Uh, I'm looking forward to your future explorations and uh, adventures and opportunities to share with us. Thank you for thank you so much for having me. And uh, if I can tell your audience just uh, one last thing, if Please. they. Uh, in these in these moments of of uncertainty and stress, I have this uh, uh, in my work. I have this mantra. Uh, it's four words, uh, and they all lead to an action. So stop, breathe, relax, listen. But it's really about creating boundaries so that we don't let the the events define our reaction. So stop and create your boundaries. Breathe so that you can get a better perspective relax so that you can see the clarity and finally listen so that you can make sounder choices and so if people are, are interested of hearing more learning more about the mantra and what it can do to uh, to bring some sanity into this chaos they can go on my website wow that is beautiful thank you so much for sharing again and uh, help breed relax and what did I miss? Stop, breathe, relax, listen. And listen. And I forgot, I forgot yes. the listening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> listen, listen with your heart and with your mind, not with your eyes. Not with your eyes and ears, with your heart and mind. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Daniel. Have a fantastic day. You too. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. I stopped recording, just so you know. Yeah. Uh, so perfect. Uh...